on this episode of Team Building Saves the World. Oh, well, look at Rich. He always asks for help. He needs help. Why can't he do that himself? <laughs> so are we talking about this? This is actually generally considered more of a mental health problem. I think of burnout as a three-legged stool. You've got to address all three to really be a sustainable organization that's not going to burn your people out. I truly believe that we can bring back the culture of Goldwatch. It's me, your old friend Rich Renanzan, host of Team Building Saves the World, the show where I speak to the leaders and innovators in employee wellness and corporate culture and how it reflects in the world of today. And today we're discussing the burnout with speaker and virtual trainer Carrie Brzozowski. But first, I need to share some love with my supporters at Team Bonding. If your team is ready to experience teamwork through the power of play, then visit teambonding.com to learn more. Now, team, join me in welcoming the resilience and high-performance trainer with Redwood Executive Coaching, Carrie Brzozowski. Hello, Carrie. Hello, thanks. That is a small group of people I keep tied up under my desk just to applaud you. That's their entire job. Welcome. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So let us start off. Just if you can, introduce yourself to my team out there. Tell them a little bit about yourself, how you got into this industry. So I am uh, actually trained as a nurse. I'm a 30-year nurse, and I was running hospitals um, for uh, almost 15 years until I thoroughly burnt out and walked away um, without a plan. And so now I am extremely passionate um, that people get to the pinnacles of their careers, and they're enjoying life, and they don't get there and just kind of look around and go, I did all this for this, you know, I gave up being a cupcake mom for this and, um, or just feeling like stress and burnout knock them out of the game. And so making sure that we have tools and resources so that people don't feel like they have to walk away because I did it without a plan Mm. and I don't recommend it for anybody. So that's why I advocate for resilience and well-being um, because your staff really need it. So we have been talking a lot in the podcast already about the Great Resignation, about rage quitting, about where people are. Let's talk about burnout. Let's talk about what gets them up to the point where enough is enough. Is there a definition right now that people are looking at for burnout itself? Well, you know, the World Health Organization actually has a a defined definition in that it's only a work phenomenon and it's that unrelenting stress um, that we're not... We we aren't able to take care of it. Um, I like to just kind of put it kind of more to what it really means to people. It is the chronic go, 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 go. No No ability to break away and create some balance in your life. And it's kind of the churn and burn. And if they're in leadership, they're paid to make everything look good, but they crumble on the inside. So I think that burnout is kind of that silent phenomenon that happens because one day everything is great and it's just something that breaks the dam and it and it's it's all those little things you know I I come from healthcare and we talk about it being you know a million paper cuts to the heart and burnout's kind of the same way it's like a million little burn pokes until finally you go up in flames and you look at it and you think that wasn't even that big of a deal but it was enough to be where I just say enough I can't do it. I throw up my hands. I'm done. Okay. 
So as you're saying, this is not a pandemic issue. This is definitely something that has been occurring as long as people have had jobs. Correct. I think the pandemic um, amplified it, and it also, um, the tools that people were using pre-pandemic, some of those went away. And so, like, if you were one that socializing and and creating community within your organizations, and now you have to be isolated, or, Mm -hmm. you know, gym closures, all these different things that people have, um, they needed to find new tools to build resilience. I always tell people, the tool works until the tool doesn't work anymore. And a carpet doesn't go to build a house with just a hammer so you have to have multiple things and unfortunately when it comes to stress and burnout sometimes we have some really bad things that we pull out of our you know like I'm gonna have that drink every night or you know I'm gonna sit on the couch and I'm gonna eat my ice cream and my potato chips and so sometimes they're not always healthy things right and it just kind of exacerbates us but yeah it's really just being able to create that balance Okay, well, what is the balance? What are we talking about? Because uh, we've we've heard the term work-life balance. Can you define? Is that what you're meaning? Is and can you define um, that? I, I think it's different for everybody. Okay. And I hate when we say balance because people think that that's work work-life equal. Right. And it's not. We know that a scale, you know, if you look at, you know, those scales that kind of go up and down um, from side to side to have it balanced and equal, you have to have the same weight on each side. Mm. But most of the time, that's not how scales work. One side's up, one side's down. And so I like to kind of look at work-life balance as I go to work to sustain the lifestyle I've become accustomed to. Sure. That's what everybody, I mean, nobody's doing it for free. And it needs to balance my life. But for so many people, when the stress gets so high or the work demands are so high, it's no longer supporting their lifestyle. It is becoming their life. Your Mm -hmm. job should not be your life. And so being able to break away, have the ability to turn it off. Mm. You know, so many times we've gotten into everybody's, you know, we have, we have this technology. And so we take our email with us. We take our phone calls with us. We are texting. We're all of these things and you've got to create balance in your life. And, and with balance, you have to create the boundaries to be able to know when to turn it off and turn it on. And even as leaders, you're setting the stage of what's acceptable. And so you have to be even more on task of creating the boundaries so that you have that breakaway and that you have a life that people kind of want to emulate. If you look like, you know, you're you're just down in the dumps. And, and as a matter of fact, if you've re- read the research lately, more and more leaders are wanting to leave because they're burnout. Mm. Because what they leave in the morning and what they go home to at night is way more important than anything they do during the day. Hopefully people don't know it while you're doing it. But that's why we do it. It's for our families. It's for our livelihoods right. or for our lives. And so we need to be able to separate work. I, like there's this, you'll hear um, work-life integration makes my skin crawl. <laughs> I do not want my job integrated into my life. Yeah. I want to be able to have some separation. Now, it needs to be complementary, but I don't want to integrate my job into my home life. Mm. Yeah, my, my grandfather used to have the saying, you know, it, are you going to live to work or are you going to work to live? Correct. But it's interesting that you bring up leadership because that's not something people generally first think of when they think of burnout. You know, they're always thinking about the frontline workers. They're thinking about the people at the bottom of the totem pole. What, what kind of problems are leadership facing? 
So there, it's two different ways in which you look at it. Okay. But I think that um, leadership st- sets the culture, and culture can really impact the way in which people operate within an organization. And whether you're going to have a culture that values my home life and my time away or am I a culture where I send emails at nine o'clock at night and I expect the answers at 8 a.m. when I get back you know it's what are you setting and so I do think that leadership sets a huge precedent of how organizations work and when you create a culture where we're going to value time off we're going to not do meetings at a certain time because we know you know my husband always says let's not let a good meeting get in the way or let's not let work get in the way of a good meeting, you know? And, and so it's, it's valuing people's time. It's creating the, the separation, you mm. know, encouraging people to go to lunch. And what are you rewarding as, as a leadership team? Are you only valuing and recognizing the people who go above and beyond in hours? Or is it the outcome? Mm-hmm. But what, what is what are you perpetuating in your organization? But what is it about the leaderships them the, the leaders themselves? What are they facing? Oh, they are facing you know, they, they have the pressure mm. of everything going on in an organization. And right now the pandemic is really I think It's hit everybody, but leaders in particular, they've had to change the way in which they lead. If you have had a, everybody comes to the office or, you know, a a common area and you interact, you've now had to change it because now you are trying to manage a hybrid team or a virtual team and they don't have those skills. They, uh, many people in leadership, this is my personal opinion, We're really good at their job, and then they got promoted into leadership. We've got to give people the way in which they can be leaders to truly be effective. They need to be able to communicate. Now more than ever, communication is paramount. People need it and want it, and not all leaders know how to do that well, and they're struggling themselves. They're trying to keep it all together. They're trying to be there for their teams, but typically there's no one supporting the leaders. So what kind they're of training supposed to do know how to do it all? What, what kind of soft skills training uh, that you're talking about can a leader look for? I mean, what what can be made available to them? Well, I think a portion of it is knowing that it's okay to not know everything. The sure. biggest skill that I I find kind of lacking in leaders is being able to say, I I appreciate that problem. Let's solve it together because I don't have an answer. And it's okay to not have all the answers. Or, you know, I I don't know how to solve this right now, but let me go explore and then come back. And it's Mm. that follow-up back. You know, so many times teams will take stuff to the leader. Uh, Here's a problem. We're really stressed in this. And they're like, okay, I don't know how to fix this. Let me go, let me explore. Mm. But nobody ever comes back and tells them about it. And so it's that communication. So then I get frustrated as a frontline person because I have voiced this concern. I believe in my, my team and this organization enough to voice my concern, but nobody ever gives me any feedback. And so it's getting the feedback back to those people. The, the communication is probably one of the biggest opportunities. And then it's, 
you creating the boundaries, you know, as a leader, creating kind of like what we talked about earlier is set boundaries around your time and then help people set boundaries around their time and then facilitate within the team that it's okay to ask for help. Mm. We're really bad about asking for help. We'll we'll say like, oh, well, look at Rich. He always asks for help. He needs help. Why can't he do that himself? <laughs> Instead of like, oh, my gosh, Rich, thank you for not drowning for a day and a half and everything and just asking people for help. And, be, and the other is, as a leader, stop going to the same person all the time. Maybe Sally is really good and she's my go-to person. Mm. But if I constantly go to Sally... One, Sally's going to get burnout because she's not able to do everything she wants. But I'm also not giving Rich the opportunity to step up and shine. Speaking of stepping up and shining, can you give me one brief second, Carrie? I need to step away just for a quick second. Because I need to tell my team out there all about a company I am very proud to be a part of, Team Bonding. Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with one simple question. How can employees have a great time while fostering strong, authentic bonds between people who work together? They've created a catalog of innovative events using the power of play as a learning tool and tapping into the correlation of work and play. From scavenger hunts to Jeopardy and so much more, the team bonding of activities, live, virtual, and hybrid, maximizes the impact of team building with an accent on fun. So visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. Team Bonding! When you want seriously fun results. And we are back with Carrie Brzezowski, and we are still talking about burnout. So, Carrie, you had mentioned something in the pre-interview that's very fascinating to me, that there is a difference in genders and what's been going on with them talking about burnout. Do you want to talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, and so this is generalization, so we don't want anybody to, you know, um, but kind of when you look at what's happened during the pandemic, research tells us women have a higher propensity of burnout than men do. Hmm. And part of that is believed to be a portion of mental load in that women will internalize and process all a lot of different things that the male gender typically doesn't even like take into account i take it into my family and use the example of you know like my husband does he know when the next vet visit is does he even know who our vet is you know and does he know that in february and that we all need our dentist appointments and so these are there's these things that we just kind of mentally catalog in our brains of women that men typically don't do it doesn't mean that all men don't but it just adds to that level of burden and that emotional and mental load that women are having in addition to when you looked at kind of the overall household things that do women still have the propensity of managing the home Mm. over men and so you you kind of compounded all of it and then if you had you know the stress of schools being closed and this and that it was just an added level of burden that have really impacted women Mm. And I do want to point it out here, just on the record, I, I kind of promised we wouldn't poke fun at Carrie's actual husband, but she did anyway. So <laughs> that was all on you. So are we talking about this? This is actually generally considered more of a mental health problem? Well, so I don't like to say that it's a mental health problem. It's a resilience problem. It's a boundaries problem. And you can put it into mental well-being. When you look at the... Um, 
overall performance of your team mm. as a leader, as the team overall, the ha- you know, I love that you you all do play. The happier people are, the higher their productivity is. The happier people are, the less depressed they are. The mm. less depressed they are, the more productive they are. And so it, I think it just goes into that whole well-being um, and being good people. You know, who wants to be around a bunch of miserable people? Who wants to work in an environment where they don't feel valued? Who wants to go into a work that is toxic? The more <laughs> things that we can do to remove that and remove the stress. Now, world is stressful. Right. And resilience is all about how you can get knocked down and pop back up. How resilient is your team? And we hear this a lot with, you know, like kids. Oh, well, they're resilient. They're resilient. Mm. Well, so is a rubber band. I stretch it. I stretch <laughs> it. It always comes back. But after a while, it doesn't go back to the original rubber band. Right. And so resilience is, yes, popping back up. But sometimes you've got to pivot it or you've got to add some structure to it because I don't ever go back to the way that I was before. Mm, Okay. So let's talk about some of the things we can look for to know that burnout might be occurring. I mean, what are symptoms, not only for ourselves, but for management to look for in their employees and themselves? So the classic for leaders to look at in themselves and their team Mm -hmm. is this high performer, like we said, Sally, I always go to her. She always gets everything done. She's happy. She's doing it. And all of a sudden, she's missing deadlines, not making appointments. She is has always been like this pretty happy-go-lucky kind of person, and now they're short. Or they are, you know what, I don't care. I don't care what we do. Right. I don't care. Make the decisions. And you're like, wait a minute. She's always the one that helped me make these decisions. She's just like, I don't care. Mm. And it, it's that level of disengagement or in, in specific areas. Like, I can't, I don't have the energy to take on this battle anymore. Just tell me what to do. And you, and you get this lack of engagement where they just kind of pull back. Um, and, and I used to think that it was because they become crusty and hard. Like I tell mm. about nurses who, you know, you look at that ER nurse and they're just so hard on the outside. Right. It's actually a sign of burnout. It's them trying to wall off their hearts so that it doesn't become emotional and painful anymore. Like, Mm. I can't can't deal with the struggle, so just make up the decision. Or they feel so their voice isn't heard anymore. And so the person who would bring up, hey, do we have this opportunity? Or here's something that we could fix. Or here's what I'm hearing. People aren't happy about that. And they go, like, silent. How does leadership affect this? I mean, we're, we're talking about people coming to work. Sometimes work itself is just hard. But how does the leadership actually directly affect the culture that leads to this? That leads to burnout or yeah. leads to improving? So leads to burnout. Let's talk about leading to burnout first, and then we'll talk about how we can change it. I think it's leaders become super busy and they sit in their office or they just, they kind of check out or they become micromanagers Mm. and people no longer feel value. I mean, research after research, Gallup just came out with one a couple weeks ago that people want flexibility, they want worthwhile work and they want to feel like they matter. And when those things don't happen, and I voice, but I get radio silence, if I'm never told that I do a good job, if I'm never given any type of feedback, it leads to burnout. The other thing that's coming more and more clear is people not being challenged. 
Okay. And I, I use the example of my son. We homeschool. Last year, we used a different program than what we do this year. Hmm. And I said to him, I said, this seems like a lot harder. He goes, oh my gosh, this is so much harder, but I love it. And he's getting straight A's where last year he got A's and B's. Okay. So harder work because I'm challenged. I want to grow and people want to know like, what's the next step? How are you developing me? I truly believe that we can bring back the culture of gold watch. You know, you stay in so many years and you get the gold watch. Okay. You know, people are like, oh, nobody stays. Nobody stays. But what if you were the one organization? What if you put this together and you did change it? Because mm. people hate change. And what's hard is changing jobs. Sure. So if we can build those things in there so that I, I feel valued, I don't have to leave. So how do we do that? I mean, um, I think the I'm sure there's no, I'm sure there's no easy fix. But, there is no easy, yeah. um, and it doesn't come overnight, but you've got to invest in your leaders. Leaders have to be good leaders, because even the research there shows us most people leave because of a leader. They don't leave the organization, they leave a leader. Hmm. So it's communication, okay, genuine feedback, good, bad, ugly. People need and want feedback of how to do a good job. And I hear it so many times of, well, I told them, well, I told them, well, I told them, you know, maybe they're trying to get somebody to improve performance or do some new outcome, but have you shown them? Mm. People truly want to do a good job and people want to feel like, like I said earlier, they're doing worthwhile work. And when they're falling short, leaders need to step in and show people how to do a good job. And maybe they don't have the skill set, but they have somebody else who does, who can come in and show them how to do it. Instead of just, you know, I've told you three times you've done this incorrectly. Well, then let's show somebody how to do it. So communication is number one. The other is, like I said earlier, not always going to the same person. It's having conversations and being open to receiving the information. You can't always change it, so acknowledge it. But don't listen to respond. Listen to gain knowledge mm. so that you can better work with your employee. Like, I think that leadership, your number one goal is to remove obstacles for your team so they can perform at a higher level. Okay. So you got to find out what those obstacles are. And from a burnout standpoint, it's also set an example. Set an example of how you create white space in your day, that you take time out. Maybe, you know, maybe you're, you're an organization and you guys have always been burn and churn. Right. Start a meeting with gratitude. It may sound weird when people come together, but when you do gratitude or, you know what, guys, just bear with me. We're going to do a couple deep breathing exercises right here before we start this meeting. Um, what those things do is, one, it changes our brain patterns. Okay. It takes us out of our sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight and flight, and puts us over into parasympathetic nervous system, which is I can rest, rejuvenate, and I can really have some cognitive conversations because I'm not in this keyed up state. So yeah. it's, it's little things that the leader does consistently. Is it all on the leadership? I mean, does it all start and end with them? Oh, it's a multi, it's a multi-pronged tool. Okay. Um, I, I, I shared with you beforehand that I think of burnout as a three-legged stool. You've got the individual and the individual can do things so that I'm less reactive. I create, um, 
some calm in myself and there's all these activities that you can do as an individual another leg of the stool is the culture which we've kind of been talking about right and then the other is the environment and the environment the organization has control over and the individual has a little bit of but you've got to address all three to really be a sustainable organization that's not going to burn your people out okay let's talk a bit about that culture that we're looking at now the pandemic hit and suddenly we're no longer all in the same office space if we were fortunate enough to be able to do that so yeah you do have an entirely different world now where everybody is just like you and me small boxes on a screen this very drastically changed the culture didn't it and and how fast or how best can we change the culture that it has this involved in it I had a, a mentor one time tell me when we were doing big culture change, you can change as quickly as the people will let you. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it totally depends on how engaged you have your team mm. and how, and here's the thing. If you're in a hybrid, I actually read they are the ones having the most trouble. A hundred percent remote, a hundred percent in person. Right. They're able to create the engagement. It's the hybrid that is having the most difficulty. And in another research I was, or another article I was looking at, it's the same with schools. The schools that are having the most trouble are the ones that have hybrid. If they're all remote or all in the building, they seem to be doing it. And if you think about it, it's human nature to like structure. Even with little kids, you know, it's like, tell me the rules, you know, not that everybody follows them, but we like to know what the guardrails are, what the side things are. Um, We like to know what to expect. On Tuesday, I do this. On Thursdays, we typically do this. These reports are due on this day. We like to have that in the inability to predict causes great amounts of consternation for a lot of people. Change is really hard for people. So if you were all, you know, that's one of the things with the pandemic, it's the change that's created such chaos in people. But with the hybrid, you've got to come together with your team and find out what works. Okay. Talk to them, listen to them. Chances are you have brilliance within your organization that you don't even know. And I think so many times we, which this is bad because, you know, I'm an external consultant, so I want people to come in and hire me to help them. But usually, well, I would say usually, a lot of times you have some amazing talent that you're not tapping into. And so you might be able to say, you know, one person, like, I cannot stand being on camera more than X, Y, Z. Or this other person that's like, I love it. I would love to have lunch meetings together where even if we're all eating and, you know, we're looking at each other, that's something that I want or I need. And it's, you just grow it with your team. Find out what they want and what they need. Because if you design it with what you think they need, it's going to fail. It had sounded like in the beginning, a lot of people were trying to do the same they had been doing when they were all face to face, but now just being able to do it right on camera. And yeah, yeah, that's where they were getting a lot of problems. And the other is 
have meetings. Like, why do you have to be on, on camera? If you guys are really bonded, everybody knows what it, each other is, every once in a while, just have an audio. Remember before video <laughs> conferencing, we used to have conference calls. No, and I don't remember have... that at all. <laughs> <laughs> We're going on two years. No, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or pick up the telephone. Mm. You know, pick up the telephone and call somebody. Maybe you have to text them to say, hey, I'm going to call you. Please answer. <laughs> I have clients who are like, text me. I don't want to get on the telephone. I don't want to. And, and so you've got to find out how people like to be communicated with. How do yeah. people like to be rewarded? How do they like to be, you know, recognized? And then honor it. It, it doesn't mean that you have to do it that way 100% of the time. But if you've got a team of 10 people and nine cannot stand being on camera, mm. and there really is this whole Zoom fatigue because we're looking at ourselves, we're constantly, you know, picking, you know, this and that. And we think that we think that everyone's looking at us, but really it's us looking at us. Nobody else is looking at you. <laughs> you do lose some, you know, body language and this and that. Right. So that's another thing that, you know, leaders need to be aware of. Or the other is the silent voice. Sometimes you need to listen to the silenced. And if you have people and you've had a culture where those who stand up and those who make the biggest noise are the ones that get rewarded and get recognized or get anything, right. you're going to have people who are just sitting there going, yeah, okay, just shut up. And, you know, <laughs> how much longer can we make this? And so, you know, talk to that person. And maybe you don't talk to them on camera, but you know, you have a conversation where, you know, Rich, I've noticed that you're really quiet and I do value your opinion. What do you think about this? The other thing that I think hybrid really pointed out is not everybody needs to be in that meeting. (laughs) Okay. Like how to start calculating, like I like to calculate the cost. Okay. You know, if you've got 10 executives on a zoom call you know, just for easy numbers, everybody's making a hundred bucks an hour. Mm. Was that really worth that much money? <laughs> or was it, you know, we've all walked out of the meeting with, well, that could have been an email. And so I like to do like in meetings, I like to do what's called fist to five. And at the end of it, you know, everybody kind of holds up their fist and it's one, two, three. And then you put up a number from zero to five, zero being this could have been an email. This was a waste of my time to five. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad we all got together because this was valuable. Mm. And if it's less than four, how could we make this better? Now, you've got to have some trust in your group. You've got to build some You can't just go in there, you know, all of a sudden and, and do that. But right. Fist to Five gives you, you know, this was a great meeting, but it probably should have stopped 20 minutes ago. Plus, you have to, you have to be really comfortable enough to feel free to throw up that zero. I mean, I can't imagine anybody just being the first one to go, mm, that was not good at their workplace. Well, and I think as a leader... But I remember when I first started it, it was like, they were like, oh, it's five. I'm like, really? Because I thought this was a two. Good. Because here's where we could have done this better. Mm. And here's where I didn't hold this together. And yeah, I probably should have ended this 20 minutes ago. Oh, once again, leadership stepping up. I like it. So while it seems to be that the pandemic, at least the, the restrictions that were put upon us during the pandemic are winding down, give some advice to the people in the future. Because right now it's starting to get that uncertainty again of, are we going back to face to face or are we going to keep hybrid or are we going to get you know does this all change over and over again and give some advice for someone who's afraid that that's going to burn them out even more 
My number one. Well, so I have two. And this is on the personal level. And it doesn't matter whether you're a leader or staff. Number one, Mm -hmm. make your sleep a priority. And it has nothing to do with what's going on in the office. But when you sleep at night, you give your body the ability to rejuvenate. There's all kinds of hormonal things that go on. There's lots of rejuvenation in our body. Sleep is imperative. When we had little kids, we made sure they had bedtimes. We went naps. I mean, you can talk to moms. They will rearrange their morning schedule to make sure that their child gets a nap. Why? Because when they don't, they don't eat. They're cranky. They're almost intolerable to be around. Adults are the same way. We yeah. just can't tell you that you're acting like a two-year-old. <laughs> okay. Um, and so the other? Then the other is take lunch. Make time for you to step away from your desk, step away from everything that's going on, and get lunch. Mm. And if you are a leader... You need to start recognizing people who get things done and get out of their, out of work on time and take lunches. Instead of, well, isn't it nice? She gets to have a lunch. Oh, it's right. nice. She gets to leave on time every day. No, change the paradigm because people come to work to sustain the lifestyle they've become accustomed to. And so if you want an organization to flourish and if people are going to really feel like they matter... Stop taking away their lunch. Stop having meetings at lunch. And I even tell leaders, if you have meetings at lunch and you don't send your people home, you just stole 30 minutes of their time. Carrie, thank you so much. This was a great conversation. Thank you for coming on board and being a part of it. I hope you've enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. I I, I could talk (laughs) on this stuff all day. (laughs) It's my jam. (laughs) We're going to change tunes just a little bit here because it's going to be some fun time now because it's time for my speed round. Just that little bit of extra cheese that makes the show so much better. All right. The way this is going to work, Carrie, is I am going over 60 seconds going to ask you a bunch of completely innocuous questions. They are silly. They are fun. The objective for you is to just try to answer as many of them as you can within that 60 seconds. If you are feeling at all competitive, the number to beat so far for season three is 10. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as soon as you hear the music, I'll start asking questions, and then we'll begin. Are you ready? I'm ready. Fantastic. Hold on. Here we go. What's your name? Carrie. How many kids do you have? One. Do you have any pets? Zero. If you could shop... doesn't know how to get to the vet. (laughs) If you could shop for free at one store, which would you choose? Apple. What TV family do you wish you lived in? None. Okay. What personality trait has gotten you into trouble? My mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Which celebrity chef would you like to fix you a meal? Ramsey, Gordon Ramsey. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Uh, Listen more than you talk. What do you like to do on a rainy day? Read a book. I live in Arizona. It never rains. (laughs) (laughs) Would you rather be the best player on a horrible team or the worst player on a great team? I do want to be on a great team. I don't care if I play horrible. What's your favorite thing about Arizona? Sunshine. Carrie, 11. You got 11 correct. Well done. See, it was nice and easy. You were just flowing. Well done. So can you tell everybody out there, if they want more information about this topic, where can they find you 
And where can they find more info? So LinkedIn, I am out there, Carrie Brzozowski, or our website, redwoodexecutivecoaching.com. Fantastic. Carrie, one more time, thank you so much for coming on board. And thank you, my team out there. That's it. We've wrapped up yet another episode of Team Building Saves the World. If you've enjoyed this episode, whether you're new to the podcast or an old fan of the show, please be sure to share this podcast with everyone you know, whether they're your coworker, your friend, your family, whichever. It all helps us to share this vital information. You can find out all about us, including all past episodes of the podcast at teambonding.com slash podcast. You can also find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen, I promise we'll be there. And don't forget to look for us on all the social medias at Team Bond Podcast and leave us a message telling me what you like about the show or if you have an idea for a future topic on the podcast. We want to hear from you. And if I like your comment, I may even mention it in a future episode. But before we say our farewells for this one more episode of Team Building Saves the World, please never forget that if you are within the sound of my voice, you're on my team now, and I am forever going to be on yours. So long, team. You have a great day, and I'll see you next time. said that you learn more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. So why not put your co-workers to play with the help of the team at Team Bonding? Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with